us pray. I pray that you will give us ears to listen, minds to understand, and hearts to love. We pray this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The commandments are summed up in this word, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. The Bible is a complicated book, it's long, there are all sorts of prophecies and poetry and letters and gospels. You can study it forever and still discover new things and come to new insights. And people have been arguing for centuries about what all of these texts really mean. But as Paul simplified it when he wrote to his friends in Rome, love your neighbor as yourself. Everything in the Holy Scriptures hangs on this. Everything we are meant to do and be as followers of Christ comes down to this. Besides this, you know what time it is, how it is now the moment for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we became believers. The night is far gone, the day is near. Let us then lay aside the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us live honorably as in the day. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ. So putting on the armor of light, putting on Christ, it all sounds very beautiful. But how do we actually go about doing it? What would it look like to put on the armor of light, the armor of Christ? Paul tells us and makes it clear here that wearing the armor of light, putting on Christ, looks like loving your neighbor as yourself. When I think of what it means to love our neighbors, I think of a television show I watched growing up and that many of you have probably seen over the years as well, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Now, Fred Rogers had gone to seminary at the same time that he was also wondering how he would use the new medium of television to educate children and their families. So when he was ordained a Presbyterian minister, he never had a traditional church. Instead, he was ordained to serve as a minister through television. And in light of everything that's unfolded this year, Fred Rogers was really ahead of his time in terms of thinking of media as a way to share the love and light of Christ. Now, out of all the possible concepts that Fred Rogers could have used as the basis for a television show, it seems significant to me that he chose to connect with his viewers through the idea of being one another's neighbors, of living together in community. And as careful and thoughtful of a person as Fred Rogers was, I don't think this was an accident. Fred Rogers wanted children, all of us really, to be formed by thinking of ourselves as part of a community with others, of seeing how the people in a neighborhood interact. I also think it's significant how Mr. Rogers structured his show so that every single episode was a very predictable routine, which of course makes a lot of sense considering his target viewership were very young children. Every episode, he entered into his home and he put on his comfortable cardigan and his kids' tennis shoes, and he would sing the same song, Won't You Be My Neighbor? And we would follow the trolley into the world of make-believe, and then at the end, he would take off the cardigan and shoes 
and sing the song. And along the way, we would observe how Mr. Rogers interacted with his own neighbors, like Mr. McFeely, the speedy delivery man, and Officer Clemens, the local police officer. Think, for example, of how he modeled being a good neighbor with Officer Clemens, an African-American man, when he invited him to cool his feet off with him in the waiting pool. And this was really important in an era in which people were still getting used to the idea of seeing a white man and a black man spending time together, let alone living together as neighbors in the same neighborhood. I like to think that we can think of Fred Rogers's routine that he conveyed to us um, through the ways episodes unfolded on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood is actually kind of a liturgy, the liturgy of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And it's the liturgy of how Mr. Rogers put on the armor of light and showed us how to do the same. It's the liturgy of how he and his viewers could put on the love of neighbor. Each time he put on his cardigan and his tennis shoes, he was beginning a liturgy about how to love your neighbor as yourself. And if you've ever watched the documentary about Fred Rogers called Won't You Be My Neighbor that came out a couple of years ago, or the theatrical version in which Tom Hanks played Fred Rogers last year, you will know that Fred Rogers was a very regimented man. He was who he was in large part because of the routines that gave his life structure and helped build the foundation for his neighborhood. He swam laps in his neighborhood pool every day, always the same number at the same time of day, and he would keep a log to hold himself accountable. But he also kept a journal in which he kept a running list every day of names of every single person he wanted to be sure to pray for every day. He wanted to be sure he was praying for his neighbors. And that routine of praying daily for the concerns of others was an important foundation for building a life and a television neighborhood that focused on showing people how to love ourselves and then how to love our neighbors as ourselves. I'd like you to stop and think for a moment or try to recall a moment when you have experienced someone putting on the armor of light by loving you as they would love themselves. I have a few examples that I'd like to share with you today. So back in March, when everything with the pandemic was hitting here in the US and things were shutting to start down and we were all beginning to think that we might need to wear masks, and stay at home. Uh, I was actually in Florida with my children. We were visiting my parents. They had gone there for the week and I had gone to join them. And so I learned two kind of dramatic things in the same afternoon that we were in Florida. And the first is that someone I worked with uh, back in Texas uh, had COVID and that I had been exposed to this person. And so now I was at my parents' house knowing that I could potentially be getting them ill or getting ill myself. And then we also learned that my husband, my children's father, was in an accident back home in Texas and we needed to get back there right away. And so trying to make sense of those two um, dramatic realities at the same time was a bit overwhelming. But the first thing I thought of 
that I needed to do after I figured out that, yes, we did need to fly back to Texas, that I needed to call my friend Rada. And I called her that Thursday afternoon and I asked her if she could pick us up from the airport in Austin late that night and then drive us somewhere. And I wasn't really exactly sure where, whether it would be back home to College Station or whether it would be to Temple, which is where they had airlifted Tyler after his accident. And Rada, who has been through a lot of dramatic and traumatic things herself with her own family over the last several years, she didn't hesitate to say yes. She would absolutely be there. And she said that knowing that I had also been exposed to COVID and that, sh that myself and my daughters and her would be together inside her small Subaru driving for two hours from Austin to College Station. And so she picked us up these mask-wearing people at a time when that was sort of strange to see with all our luggage, and late at night drove us two hours across the dark and rainy country roads from Austin to College Station to bring us back home. And so Rada, in doing all of that, was choosing to put on the armor of light and loving us as herself. Or I think about yesterday we went on a holy hike at Camp McDowell, and we had a large group of us who were hiking, mask wearing, socially distanced on the trail. And there, it's not an easy trail. There's lots of rocky places and inclines and mud and creeks to cross and tree roots across the trail. And sometimes people would trip and fall and children needed help getting up and down the inclines and someone fell into the creek and it was lovely to see how immediately people would turn and give one another a hand and lift one another up. And then after we got to the cross, if you've been on this trail at Camp McDowell, there's a cross on the other side of the river and we needed to get back down a ladder to go back to the swinging bridge to get us back to the camp. And there were stretched out along a long part of the trail because there were so many of us and it's a narrow trail and we heard crying and we heard that something was going on and it turns out there were yellow jackets and a few of us uh, in the holy hike group had gotten stung um, and it was also lovely to see how people stopped everybody kind of paused what they were doing to make sure that everyone was okay and then we realized we can't go down the ladder and we have to figure out a way to get back preferably not backtracking for an hour and a half the way we had come because we were very close to the end of the trail and so then a couple of people from our group decided they knew the land the lay of the land well enough at camp mcdowell that we would blaze a trail where there was not one to get around the yellow jacket nest and the ladder and get back to the part of the trail where we needed to be and so to me like that experience of being on the holy hike and having all of these sort of unexpected and uh, dramatic things happen, especially there with the yellow jackets and the ladder, uh, it's just a great metaphor for the fact that the ways that we help each other out along the path, the way that we can love one another as ourselves as we literally give each other a hand and help each other find our way. Or I think back here in Birmingham of the people in our congregation who are literally the hands and feet of Christ in the Avondale neighborhood through our community outreach ministry there. Love and light are being shown to our neighbors here in Birmingham 
And not just by giving people stuff, although it's important to share what we have, food and drink and cell phone cords and clothes, but it's also about building relationship with our neighbors. And I visited there a couple of weeks ago to see what our ministry there is like and seeing how having conversations with the people in the neighborhood who we're sharing breakfast and lunches with reveals, gives them the opportunity to reveal their life stories and their situations. And in so doing, we're better able to help them meet their needs. I was told about someone who needed black pants specifically so that he could get a job at a restaurant. And Dolly found him the black pants and he got the job at the restaurant. Or someone needed steel toe boots so that he could try to get a construction job. And she brought him the, the steel toe boots and he got the construction job. So each time we build relationship with our neighbors in these and so many ways, we have the opportunity to put on Christ the armor of light amidst a dark world that really does need more light, a world that needs us to love and to live into a liturgy of loving our neighbors as ourselves. So, as Fred Rogers would say, let's make the most of this beautiful day, and since we're together, we might as well say, would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? Amen.